attitude of the people which has caused this destruction everyone thinks that my waste is not my responsibility i speak to a lot of them and try to understand why do they do that and they come up with the answer saying that uh, this is government's responsibility i try to understand that thing that what is government's responsibility we are destroying our own environment and why is, why do we put the the like onus always on the government why don't we want to take the small steps of doing it but uh, that's when i said it is the attitude and secondly yes lot of not having awareness welcome to intensify humanity podcast we bring the stories of ordinary human beings with extraordinary journeys they have been grinded through life in terms of extreme challenges guilt shame and things people cannot even imagine all because they made a choice or decision in life they are literally not just inspiring but intensifying humanity through unconventional ways to such an extent that other human beings are inspired and pushed to live to their highest potential in life I Sundata Sarkar your host today will bring about the story of one such human being I hope you find this episode inspirational A single choice can make you or break you a single decision can take you to places or dig your grave After marriage every woman's dream is to create and live a beautiful life with her new husband new family but this woman's experiences changed to nightmares when she along with her husband took a decision to buy eco-friendly furniture for their home a decision which landed her at a place where she found her calling her purpose in life from chasing her new found passion and fulfilling the purpose of her life she had to sacrifice to the extremes of situations including debts of more than 50 lakh rupees to hunting for food for 2 years to going through a cancerous situation while conceiving to surviving at a tribal village with no hope to see the sun next morning due to the problems that were going on in the local areas Right now she has been spreading awareness and teaching about the importance and availability of eco-friendly materials in our society recycling of plastics and how we can utilize things in a much better way for our generations and the generations to come She and her husband's works have been studied by global universities like Harvard, Stanford, Kellogg's, ISB to getting invited by US government during the time of President Obama and a special invitation from the Kenya government to build bamboo houses in their country. Invited as a guest lecturer on social innovation to IAS officers at Lal Bahadur Shastri National Academy of Administration Mussoorie they have also been covered by SBS Media Australia as well the co-founder of Bamboo Houses India she is a classic example of never die attitude never give up spirit never give in to pressures but instead follow your passion vision mission in your life and thus intensify humanity through her contributions to the greatest possible extent she is none other than aruna lingam first of all aruna thank you so much for coming to my show and it's a great pleasure to talk to you yeah yeah thanks actually somrata for inviting me to your talk much it's so, a pleasure yeah 
Thank you so much, Aruna. Uh, Aruna, let me ask you the first question that uh, you have been traveling uh, and spreading awareness about uh, plastic recycling, environment friendly uh, works and what we need to do across uh, different places and Bamboo House Initiative. So for our listeners who don't know what it is all about, what Bamboo House Initiative is all about, can you uh, give us a little bit details about it? Uh, yeah, sure. Actually, Bamboo House India is a social enterprise. So we started in the year 2008. So uh, basically, we build houses made out of bamboo. And in the whole process, we employ the artisans who are dependent on bamboo for their livelihoods. So uh, when a bamboo house is built, generally around 150 to 100 people get employed in the whole chain, starting from the farmers who grow the bamboo and then uh, to the end product of building the bamboo houses. So that is our initiative of uh, basically building houses with bamboo. Right. And uh, it sounds great. And I'm sure this did not happen overnight. So how did you reach to this place where you are right now? How did it all start? Yeah, so our venture was actually not a strategically planned business venture. So way back in 2006, I was uh, looking for some furniture for my house. So I was like particularly looking for some eco-friendly furniture, which I was very much interested about. So when searching, uh, I came across bamboo furniture. So it actually uh, fascinated me a lot. I felt like, oh, something like this exists because I never knew before that something like that actually exists. So I was uh, very much fascinated with bamboo furniture and I could see that these furnitures were available uh, abroad and not in India because I searched a lot in the net later to know where I can have a look at even this furniture. I came to know there is a small place called Katlamara on the Indo-Bangladesh border. So if I even have to have a look at the furniture, I have to travel that far. So I shared this with uh, Prashant, who is also my co-founder in Bamboo House India. So I told him that uh, I just want to have a look at the furniture. I want a furniture for myself. So he's also my husband. He said, okay, chalo, we'll go. And then uh, we landed there. We landed... Uh, on the Indo-Bangladesh border just to have a look at the furniture and buy one. So, but uh, I was really like uh, amazed with the uh, craftsmanship they have and the amazing skill sets those artisans have. So uh, then while talking to them, I understood that even though they have uh, so much of skill sets and India is supposed to be the second largest producer of bamboo in the world. So even uh, this is there, there are a lot of gaps existing in the bamboo industry. So that is why it has never come into the mainstream, either as a com uh, construction material or uh, the artisans depending on bamboo are not able to earn their livelihood and not able to live a better life. They were like, just they want to leave that uh, uh, like they want to leave those craftsmanships and come out as either daily labors or they want to work somewhere else, but not in bamboo. I could figure out that there was a lot of gaps which were existing. So the more I spoke to them, I somehow got connected to them. I felt that I should help these artisans. And initially I thought that uh, like helping them marketing their product would be a very good way to take this ahead. So I offered them that 
I'm going to buy uh, the furniture, whatever you're making, and then sell it in the market. And then in that way, I thought that I can help them uh, basically. But what the first lot of furniture I ordered from them was around uh, one and a half lakh rupees, and we got to uh, got it shipped to Hyderabad. So the complete furniture cracked under uh, this climatic condition. So that is when uh, we understood we had actually two options. Either we give up because this is not working or we stay in it. So we thought like, okay, uh, let us find a solution. What must be the solution? Because if there is a problem, there surely must be a, a solution to it. So I, we understood that it is not basically the marketing problem which was existing in the industry. It is much deeper than we thought. So then around two and a half years, I would say we traveled across wherever there was bamboo, where there were artisans, wherever there was organizations working on bamboo. So we went everywhere around, gathered a lot of information. And then in 2010, we started Bamboo House India. We thought like, okay, now it's enough. Uh, so then I thought that I, I should help these artisans in whatever way I can, because I was not having much knowledge about bamboo or uh, at that time. So I felt that I should help them in whatever way I can. And I thought the simplest way would be to market their products. Because I felt that they were very much disconnected from the market and marketing their products would actually help them. So basically, we uh, the first lot of furniture I ordered after I came back to Hyderabad. And uh, it was around one and a half lakh rupees of worth of furniture and small handcrafted products. So under this climatic condition of Hyderabad, it completely uh, cracked. So that is when I understood it was not the simple marketing problem these artisans were facing, but there is very much more to it. So that was like, there are other gaps which were existing. I should have basically much knowledge about the raw material itself. And even if I want to uh, start a business out of it, it was not as easy as it is. So it was like uh, I had two situations at that time, either give up because the this was not working for us or uh, find a solution to it. So uh, I and my co-founder actually decided that why not give it a shot and just uh, try to understand it more because if there is a problem, there must be a solution to it. So in the next uh, two years, I would say we actually traveled across wherever there was bamboo, wherever there were artisans working, wherever there was organizations working on bamboo to gain knowledge because we were not having sufficient knowledge about the industry or how the bamboo sector works or how the artisan works about the raw material. So understanding this, we took around two years. We traveled across Northeast. We traveled across, I would say, lot of, in lot many pockets in India where we could gather some information on bamboo. So after two years, around 2000, uh, it, mid of 2009 and 10, we formally started our organization. We thought, okay, let us start now and start a building with the houses because one thing we understood was if we restricted ourselves to the handicrafts mostly, that might not be sufficient to sustain them. Because uh, one handicraft will take around two to three days for an artisan to make, uh, but he will not be paid that much. 
and uh, if we want to bring the visibility of bamboo to mainstream we have to go into construction so we started building bamboo houses initially so that's how actually bamboo house india started and with the knowledge we have gained in the two and a half years traveling we thought okay let us at least start and then in course of time we, we would be gathering more information and uh, we actually started it in 2010 wow you both have traveled extensively and studied the forests the people handling bamboos and learned a lot so what is that one key takeaway or learning that you got in all these years yeah in all these year one takeaway i would say that like each failure uh, we took it in a positive way because every time we were working uh, we could see lot of like we thought okay uh, there is a problem instead of uh, like uh, cribbing over the problem or thinking over the problem we thought okay if there is a problem there will be a solution we always move from that and every time we turn that gap into an opportunity because that is how we had been moving so far so wherever we could see a gap we thought okay this gap will work as an opportunity for us and we used to grab that and move ahead that is profound aruna your never give up attitude is like hats off going through unbelievable challenges like bone breaking conditions in life were you always mentally ready for this kind of scenario i mean uh, before you got married how was life and after you got married how did it change as a woman with all the challenges that you faced together yeah actually i would say before i came into business i was into academics and i was fairly uh, good as a as a student i would say and i never ever thought of doing business and uh, i come from a background where uh, we are not much into business so when i got married to prashant so it was like a, my family would be like you are going into a business uh, family and it's not for us so again that point of time i decided that everything in life is a risk it is not that we can decide how it should move so i think that is the first th- uh, step i took and then i thought i i came into this family and then uh, later like uh, i never thought as i said i never thought that i would come into business or this that one thing changed and then i thought okay i am going to uh, take up this initiative and work and when i shared with prashant he was uh, he was already into business before we started bamboo house india so he was the one who encouraged me and said okay uh, you start and i would always be there supporting you from behind but subsequently we both got interested in it and took it ahead so uh, that's how we kept on going but yeah before coming into business i have not seen so much of ups and downs it it taught us a lot because we were not always mentally prepared for everything i would say in the course of journey we had our own set of depressions we had our own set of uh, like happiness when we could achieve something or small small milestones we could achieve but yeah every time as you said we thought not to give it up because we felt that once we give up we'll always be giving up in everything we do so that always kept us going and talking about those challenges what were some of the most grave challenges that you faced and came out of it yeah talking of challenges i would say that uh, we faced challenges both professionally and personally uh, 
so when it comes to professional challenge i would say we uh, like barged into a territory where we were not having uh, sufficient knowledge and when we had that knowledge we understood there is lot of gaps existing in the sector for instance these artisans were very deep inside the forest with whom we were working and connectivity was a very big problem for us Uh, secondly i would say that uh, bamboo is under forest restriction so every state has a different law on it so overcoming this law and then bringing all the stakeholders to a co common platform was really a very difficult challenge actually it, it it's it was a very big challenge for us so uh, then again communicating with these artisans and then when you make the final product then the market because market don't have an awareness about the product we never wanted that anyone buy the product out of sympathy for these artisans we wanted that we bring bamboo to the mainstream and then people buy it because they want to buy it not show pity on the artisans or they want not show pity on uh, bamboo house india so we wanted it to be that way so we had to face these challenges of creating awareness connecting those artisans uh, like changing their mindset of working because uh, they work according to their will and wish it is not that uh, they understand the market and work so uh, bridging all these gap was very big challenge for us in the professionally and uh, personally i would say that yes there was a time when a uh, market was not accepting the product and uh, we were burning money uh, very much we were burning money and market was not ready to accept the product due to lack of awareness so we had seen that phase and it was a phase when uh, prashant met with an accident basically while delivering a lecture and i was carrying at that time so we had a very tough phase around one one and a half year when like our business was running but we were not like having money for ourselves one square meal a day was becoming a problem for us we used to think no still the business should run and we were making it run so we had to uh, go through all those phases which was actually a difficult phase but yeah we kept going and going your story is beyond inspirational story with so much of problems so much of challenges even when you were carrying your baby and all these problems personal professional hats off to both of you yeah actually every time i would say that we both were kind of like if one was down other was pulling it up and the other is down and the vice versa it was going like that that's so we a... thought oh, yeah we thought like once we started it we should be taking it forward and not stopping it because it has become a kind of a baby for us by that time and i think no mother or no parent would child to give up the baby so we thought no we have to somehow uh, make it work this also makes me ask you this question that you are a very good example of how partners should be personal and professional you took that bond so well that even in those most challenging situations you did not give up or you did not criticize each other that uh, you know we have taken this decision or we should back out of something so as a couple as partners what do you think other people who are you know couples or partners and who want to do something in life although they are taken down by different kind of challenges in life what message you want to give to them so i would say what i learned from the experiences or what 
I actually experienced uh, from the partnership is actually if, uh, we don't think about ourselves first. That solves a lot of problem because uh, supposedly we understand what situation the other person is in and try to think from their uh, shoes. Then we understand that what the situation is rather than thinking from our viewpoint every time. So I think that is uh, one thing we always do. Second thing is, yeah, we every time thought like uh, if we are if we keep criticizing each other that won't take us anywhere rather than if we work as partner if, if if that actually partnership only will make us grow because we have our own strength and weaknesses and they have their own strength so why not work on the strength focus more on the strength rather than on the weakness that would that has been actually my experience so that i can share with you that's a beautiful statement aruna I'm sure the couples or the partners who want to work together outside their personal life, they would learn a lot from this. Thank you for sharing that. So when and how did you finally get your first major breakthrough? Uh, yeah, actually, we got a first major breakthrough. Uh, it was a school here. Actually, there is a place called Ramantapur here in Hyderabad. So we got our first break uh, where we were supposed to construct a house. Uh, that that's a school building so we, we got our first break there so it was like they approached us and we we thought okay let's take up this challenge and that was the first house we built and then from there onwards we never looked back of building houses so till now how many houses uh, have you built across anywhere uh, it would be more than 350 plus we have wow. built 350 bamboo houses yeah, that includes resorts, that include uh, farmhouses, it includes penthouses, school buildings. Amazing, amazing work. Amazing. So, Aruna, let me ask you, we have such a vast diversity of flora and fauna, yet we are struggling for a clean environment. What do you think is the root cause that we humans have destroyed our own environment to such a major extent? Is it awareness? Is it education? Is it technology? Is it mindset? How is it? Yeah, I would say it is the basically, as you said, mindset. It is the attitude of the people which has caused this destruction. Everyone thinks that my waste is not my responsibility. I speak to a lot of them and try to understand why do they do that. And they come up with the answer saying that uh, this is government's responsibility. I try to understand that thing, that what is government's responsibility? We are destroying our own environment. And why is, why do we put the, the like onus always on the government? Why don't we want to take the small steps of doing it? But uh, that's when I said it is the attitude. And secondly, yes, lot of not having awareness. Because when I talk to people about segregation of uh, waste and then putting it uh, separately and handing it over to the person, they say, we don't know what to do with this. We don't have the knowledge and we don't have the time even to know what to do. So that's how they just... It's lack of awareness, I'll say, that comes secondary. And thirdly, I would say that yes, lack of even some amenities, which is not available to them. That is the whole things all put together. That That's how the environment is actually harmed. 100% agree. So you are also a parent. How do you think 
parents should raise their kids nowadays and in future to make them aware about their own surroundings and the planet and make them responsible for their actions i as a parent teach my daughter that uh, you should not throw uh, these plastics on the road uh, use every product or every item you are using in a conscious way don't just throw it on the road just like that and i think she understands because we work in the sector she understands a lot about it and she understands about recycling because most of the time she spends time with us in the workshop so she understands recycling how we should recycle and what are the harmful effects if we are throwing uh, the plastics uh, very responsibly what happens how the animals get affected because uh, when we started recycling in 2017 our inspiration was a youtube video where we could see that the lot like kgs of plastic was being removed from the stomach of a bull so we were like uh, we couldn't even see halfway through that if we could not even watch the video the reality is very very tough for us to face so i have showed that video to my daughter who is 9 year old and i told her this is what happens when you actually uh, throw plastics on the road and uh, you behave irresponsibly so i think that is how i teach her i show her i make her understand that you're not supposed to do this and what you're supposed to do so that's how she understands consciously and subconsciously that's incredible way how you are teaching your kid to be a responsible human being not just you know just studies won't help her to be a responsible citizen is also important so aruna now the short answer questions what is your favorite book actually i keep reading lot of books but if you say i think tinkel is still my favorite book <laughs> Oh that's so cute. <laughs> Beautiful. So who is your role model? Role model, I don't know actually I keep uh, getting inspired from different people at different time. Uh mostly every day morning I would say that when I see my uh, all these people who work so hard day along and not expecting anything in return. I I really get inspired every time and think why are we cribbing? We are like fortunate enough to have so many things but still we crib. And then then I again draw those inspiration from those people around especially the people who work almost at the bottom level because I have seen them literally and worked with them. So that is how every day I draw my inspiration from and reading about yeah reading seeing videos about all those great people is absolutely there because uh, nothing happens overnight success doesn't come overnight i see the hardships they have gone through i always wonder that people say oh they are so successful they have so many uh, things they have so much wealth but they never see the hard work behind it they never see the dedication behind it they never see the passion and the keep going attitude behind it and which they have given for years together to come at come to this stage so that is how i draw my inspiration from i have never heard such a beautiful answer to this thank you for sharing that one place on earth where you want to spend your entire life then what would that be that would be actually nature so i would say that all forest everywhere where there is nature because that basically calms our mind and soul we get so much agitated in the city life that we actually forget that we are a part of nature so i would want to be a part of that 
If not a social entrepreneur, what would Aruna be? If not a social entrepreneur, actually, I would continue with my PhD because and maybe I would have become a professor because that's one uh, profession which I very close to my heart and I would have been that. If anyone wants to contri- contribute in your mission, how how they can do that? So one thing would be uh, in my mission, they can join hands uh, in keeping like working towards the environment. We are working in the re- recycled field. There are a lot of fields which they can actually work on and take that respective field and uh, they can make that their profession, earn out of it and at the same time uh, do social good or they can be a part of Bamboo House India and take it forward. Where and how can our listeners reach you? So we have a website, bamboohouseindia.org. So there we have the contact details. They can mail us through that. We are on the FB page. They can connect there in social media or through website. They can connect to us. Aruna, that was one of the most refreshing, beautiful and inspiring talk that I've had with you. And thank you so much for sharing all the wisdom, all the experiences here with our listeners. And I would also love to congratulate you on all your achievements, accomplishments and the things that you're doing for the betterment of this planet. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Somnata, actually for inviting me and also having a chat with me and letting me know my story, sharing with you. Uh, That was actually very encouraging from your part also because (laughs) I felt okay. Like if you get encouraged from what I said, I'm really happy about that. Of course. And I'm sure. Yeah. And I'm sure our listeners will also get encouraged. And you are a living example of a person should never give up come what may. And you are doing tremendous amount of activities for the environment, for our planet for the future for a better future of the coming generations so thank you so much wholeheartedly thank you so much for tuning into my show that was aruna lingam from surviving in the extremes of situations in life to ferociously contributing to the betterment of the world at large through various eco-friendly initiatives this woman is redefining the power of belief faith vision and passion and thereby intensifying humanity to the highest possible extent. I hope you found this episode inspirational.